Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So back in with you. This is the Mike Keller Show. I'm Mike Don. Audius is with me as usual. We inch closer to a holiday weekend and maybe some holiday weekend-type weather. We had some sports. We had NASCAR. Um, we've got golf coming up this weekend as well with Tiger and Phil and Tommy and Peyton uh, playing a little golf. Uh, Seton O'Connor is on the line. At least that's my understanding. He is from the Dan Patrick Show. And uh, the the hoops we have to jump through to get these guys. Um. <laughs> uh, I took an email. Um, Seton, how are you? Good. You didn't have to go through my publicist or anything, huh? No. Uh, I thought about trying to go through Fritzy. Uh, right. I thought that was a bad choice. Um, it didn't have enough time for the phone call that it would have taken. Yeah. And uh, Well, thanks for doing this. We, we appreciate it. These are... Um, how long have you guys been doing the – when did you start in Dan's Attic? When did that begin? How many years are we in now? Oh, uh, man, I want to say that was 12 years ago. Okay. Uh, maybe going on 13. I'm pretty sure it was 2007 we started in Dan's Attic. Yeah, so you you started in Dan's Attic. Then you get, uh, you know, uh, above the, the bar um, mm-hmm. in, in Milford. The, that's the studio I've been at. And then now you got a new one. I haven't been there yet. And your New York studio – um, these are uh, pretty interesting times, especially with all that you guys have kind of gone through as a group together. Um, here's another challenging set of uh, uh, circumstances with no live sporting events that we've been in now for the better part of two full months, right? Yeah, yeah, it sure is interesting. And, you know, these this actually, the sort of period that we're going through now, the last eight or nine weeks or whatever it's been, um, it reminds me a lot of those attic days because we were going from, you know, we left ESPN, which is, you know, the worldwide leader in this massive complex. And you have sort of everything at your fingertips to Dan's attic, where he basically plopped down a laptop in front of me and was like, all right, there's your equipment. And we're, yeah. it was like, <laughs> whoa, dude, this is it was really us against the world kind of thing. And, and we were building it from the ground up and we were able to MacGyver that situation into mm-hmm. a real radio show. And and then all of a sudden this happened and it kind of felt the same way, albeit with a lot more technology and we have a lot more help at this point and a lot more infrastructure. But, you know, figuring out where everybody was going to do their show and, and getting Fritzy set up and, and Andrew and myself and uh, who's going to be in studio and who can stay home and all of those kinds of things has been a really interesting process. See, and when this first started, um, when when Dan, I assume, was it Dan that approached you or did somebody else approach you? How, how does take me through the early the, the genesis of you deciding, hey, you know, Dan Patrick asked me to. T- I mean, how does that work? Well, we were. I was working with Dan at ESPN, and and I had worked with him uh, about three years there, and that was kind of a funny time too because 
I had been put on the show just as, for some reason, he had cycled through a couple of producers for, for different reasons. Somebody's uh, wife got a job across the country or, you know, those kinds of things. And so um, a, a couple of producers had left and it was basically just me and Dan. And at the time, Phil the show killer was still there. Sure. And uh, he was in on the show. <laughs> and so I would travel with Dan all over the place. And we were going to, you know, L.A. to USC games. And then uh, at that time, the heat and the mavericks were in the finals so we were bouncing back and forth to those places and we spent a lot of time traveling and a lot of time at hotel bars and things like that and uh and we got a pretty good relationship just from that um those times and then when he left i was at the time i want to say it was mike Tarico filled in for him and then mm -hmm. scott van pelt and those guys and they were trying to kind of figure out that radio show and a few weeks after dan had left i emailed him it was just like, hey, bud, how you doing? You know, just checking in. Want to make sure you're good. Um, and he wrote back, are you happy? And <laughs> I was like, oh, I got a new job. I just I knew right there. Like, OK, so at some point I'm leaving ESPN to go work with Dan again. You know, and, and that um, if it's just um, if it's not Dan, you probably somebody of that stature and somebody who you're comfortable with. You're probably not going to leave. Right. I mean, that's a risky move, but it's Dan. Right. It, it, did that make it all like selling it to yourself? Did that make it all pretty easy because it's Dan? Yeah. You know, I went back and forth a lot um, with it. And, you know, at the time, Dan was at an interesting point in his career. But um, and, and like nobody leaves ESPN is how it felt. I mean, that's the destination, not the, the stepping stone. And um, I just remember feeling like, how often does a guy like Dan Patrick ask you to go with him to start a new company? Right. You know, I mean, and at the time, you know, if I had been married and if I had a family and things like that, it would have been a much more difficult decision. But I was single. I just had to pay my rent and my bar tab. And I was like, you know what? This is the time you take a chance like that. And so, uh, yeah, made the leap and, and never looked back. So, Seton, you go from um, from that leap from the mothership to going to Dan's attic to do shows. Um, at, it sounds weird. It still it? sounds so funny to me. Like, what the hell were we thinking? What, with the cats in there or something like that? Cat paws, yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. From from when that transition happened, like at what point after uh, twelve years ago? At what point did you guys look around and go, "Okay, we're good." This this we found a niche. This is this is gonna go. I know Dan's attached to it. That makes a big difference. But still, even at that point, you had to be thinking. Well, you had KLAC. That helps. But at what point did you guys look around and go, "Okay, we're good"? You know, it was probably when Directv stepped in, and and we found a, a home to put the show on TV. Um, because before that, it, you know, it was it was grown. It grew very incrementally. You know, where you had one station and then five and then 15. And it still felt like, I don't know, are we keeping the lights on or not? Yeah, you know, right. I'm, I'm not really sure from a business standpoint how this is going. Um, but then once once DirecTV got involved and, and all the great people there, like Chris Long, and, and he, he was very much someone who, uh, and he was the guy who basically decided to put us on DirecTV and, and televise the show. Uh, you could tell that he had a vision for the show and he was uh he was you know he's from new york but he was straight out of los angeles if, if you were casting a producer for hey booby baby come on we're gonna go do this and you know all of that he was a real mover and shaker and looked like a million bucks and you're like man i think this guy really has an idea for us i think we might be all right i think we're gonna make it and uh yeah that that was kind of the first time that i felt like we could really breathe and and think all right yeah i think we got a future here 
Yeah, I now I've I've got to know I got to know the other Chris, Chris Crane, um, mm-hmm. who when you guys came to Milwaukee to do um, the sausage race and the meet and greet and all that kind of stuff, they were I, that's where I got to know Chris a little bit and ended up getting into a position where uh, I ended up being a backup or a fill in. Um, but I didn't get to meet Chris Long, and uh, so it, they're not the same guy. I mean, they're, they're no. different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, and you know what? Uh, Chris Crane, he was – Chris Crane was one of the original – one of the original people. He's based out of Chicago. One of the original people who really put together this version of the Dan Patrick Show right. from the origin. He was involved before The Attic even became part of the picture. Um, so he was uh, he was another one of our bosses, and he was particularly brilliant at looking two, three, five years, ten years down the line, and saying, you know, this contract is ending here, and that contract is going to end there, and maybe if we could get six months, then we can put these two things together, sure. and then all of yeah. a sudden the NFL owns us, and like whatever. He was great at putting those dots together. Is it ever intimidating working with Dan? I mean, is there? Uh, a moment or two where you're like, oh, it's Dan Patrick's upset or something like that. <laughs> I don't uh, to- <laughs> you know, I can't say that it's intimidating working with Dan now because we've known him for so long. But I will say that there are times that you forget, you know, that the same there's like he lives in a whole other atmosphere than than what we see in the studio. Like we're just having beer and wings and like trying to make each other laugh. And, you know, we see this sort of off air side of him. He's really funny. Um, he's you know, cursing and singing songs and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden he tells a story about when it's like, you know, him, Charles Barkley, Reggie Miller and Michael Jordan. And they're playing around to golf. And you're like, right. Dude, what? <laughs> oh, my God. oh, yeah, that's right. You're that guy, too. You know, yeah. uh, so those are the times that you kind of take a step back and I'm like, dang, yeah, when this guy leaves the studio, his, you know, he's got a whole other thing going on that's in a, in an atmosphere, not even connected to mine. No, and it's, it's really, it's really interesting. It, I, I asked this to Fritzy, uh, one of the times we visited about like, what's your favorite dinner? Like, at what point did you guys, did you go out for a dinner mm. and sitting across from so-and-so and had to kind of pinch yourself where, like, this is normal for Dan, but for me, I'm sitting across from? Did, uh, did he tell you about Toronto? Um, uh, there was one with so? Sandler and a bunch of other, like, he forgot. Oh, Sandler he- and Ackroyd. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so that's the same dinner. This was, okay. It was like an out-of-body experience. They were in... I can't even believe when I'm saying these words, I feel like so stupid saying it, but we're in Toronto shooting a, a movie for Adam Sandler. Uh, it's Pixels. And he, we finished su- shooting the scene, and he's like, boys, go home and clean up. Uh, and he goes, Danny, uh, we're going to take you and the boys out to Ivan Reitman's restaurant here. Uh, yeah, Ivan Reitman is uh, sure. you know, a producer, director. He's made a million great movies. Did he do Stripes, I want to say? Yes, um, he did. He's, he's made a bunch of great movies. So already I'm like, wait, I'm in Toronto. It, that's actually the first time I've ever been out of the country. I've never even traveled out of the United States, and I'm leaving to go shoot a movie for Adam Sandler. And then he says, we're taking you to Ivan Reitman's restaurant. And I'm like, dying. You know, <laughs> right there, that's cool enough. Yeah. So then we get to the... Uh, we get to the restaurant. Ivan Reitman comes out, gives everybody a hug. Hey, boys, how you doing? Great to have you. Come on over here. He goes, uh, Danny's waiting over there for you. 
and we go over to the table and Dan Aykroyd's sitting there. <laughs> and he's like, uh, Sandler uh, is immediately, um, he makes everybody very comfortable, almost too comfortable because he's uh, to Aykroyd. He goes, hey, uh, Danny, Danny, you know the boys, right? Yeah, you know Fritzy, you know McLovin, right? <laughs> Dan Aykroyd has no idea who we are. He might know who Dan Patrick is. Right. But then we're sitting there and I, he... Uh, uh, Adam Sandler says uh, we all get some drinks and uh, we get a couple appetizers and he's like, all right, uh, Danny talking to Aykroyd. Uh, why don't you tell the boys want to hear stories about SNL? Just tell them some stories. And he starts telling us the, these unbelievable stories about him and Bill Murray and uh, what it was like in the early days of SNL and uh, definitely stuff that you can't repeat on the radio. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he really let you behind the curtain. And he was he was a great host and super generous with his time. And uh, and that's that's Dan Aykroyd and Adam Sandler always is. He's a, the, one of the most generous people I've ever met. And that was like a I still look back and think I can't believe that really happened. That's that's just unbelievable. Yeah, that th- those things are crazy, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. pinch yourself kind of crazy moments that i mean i don't the mine is probably sitting and having a dinner with dan the night before you guys came in he came in the night before well you guys might have been there too but he came down had a dinner with us you know a bunch of suits from the radio station and i kind of had that feeling then and to me i mean that's a big deal but you've been around him for a long time but yeah the Ackroyd and and Oh, my goodness. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, so um, you're going to stick with us. we got some other questions. John's got a couple of dumb questions, which is good. It's what we do. Right on my own. Um, yep. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll get to some of our dumber questions when we come back. We're visiting with Seton O'Connor from the Dan Patrick Show. This is the Mike Heller Show. On Fox Sports 1070, the game and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, um, pretty sure that this, I mean, this sounds like Arms Aloft. Is this Arms Aloft, John? Wow, Mike, I didn't know you you would know that. It is Arms Aloft. Well, As since they launched, guest, yeah. Yeah, since they launched in, in 07, I, when I stopped listening to None More Black and the Menzingers, that's when I really jumped into Arms Aloft. Oh, I, buddy. What? what? Oh, I love you. You're great. It's uh, Some of my favorite music comes from Arms Aloft. You know what? You know what? I, I when I saw them or when I heard them at the Manchester Punk Festival, it's when I was really all in on Arms Aloft. Um, that's all I got. It's, it's all I could find on Wiki in in short order. Uh, Seton uh, requested the music that's right up your alley. Correct? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. They're a great band from the area, right there. Arms Aloft. They're one of my favorite, and uh, oh well, one of our favorites clearly yes obviously uh, i'm sorry that i missed you at the manchester punk fest (laughs) but uh maybe once we get back to normal we'll start hitting a couple shows oh man i can't wait Uh, that'd be awesome (laughs) but music music has always been part of the dan patrick show like you guys talk a lot about music yeah yeah for sure well dan is a big music fan and you know i'm not really sure why those things are separate necessarily when you start to think about it you know we'll try to book musicians on the show step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. All the time, and their publicists will say, well, they don't really like sports. And it, we're always like, <laughs> I get so frustrated. Like, I want to bang my head against the wall being like, but sports fans like music. <laughs> You know, yeah, like it's yeah. not that hard to understand. Everybody has a walk-up song. Like when you watch an NBA game, there's music playing all the time. Uh, you know, the, the music and sports are so interconnected. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, we do. We do talk a lot of music. Dan is a huge mi- music fan, as, as are most of the other guys. So here's one of the dumb questions then, Seton. Um, obviously, with The Last Dance, everyone's talking MJ. And once you start talking MJ, the LeBron crowd comes out and like, LeBron, MJ. So in the musical world, in your musical world, What's the band equivalent of MJ versus LeBron? Hmm. Well, I mean, it's easy to say um, Beatles Stones, right? Okay, yeah. Um, if you want to go 90s, you could maybe say Nirvana Pearl Jam. Ooh, that's oh, a pretty see. epic battle right there. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah, I would fall on the Nirvana side of that. I'm not no, I'm not sure which one is Nirvana. I mean, I'm going to say that maybe... Uh, maybe Michael Jordan would be Nirvana. Um, yeah, I although, would think so. With Cobain, yeah, that might be more of a that might be a better comparison for uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, since they were basically rivals. But um, yeah, I don't know. That that's a tough one. That that's the one of those things about music when you try to make it a contest and it's not supposed to be that it gets tricky. You know, you know, I I like um, I I like obviously I like Arms a lot. I mean, I, I think as I watch the show and listen to the show. Uh, and I like Hall and Oates as much as anybody, but I would think that Fritzy's um, music is a bit of an issue. I mean, he really doesn't like the boss. Um, you know, he, he his musical uh, he has some issues when it comes to music, doesn't he? Like the rest he, of his life. Um, yeah, he, man, he is just a fascinating, fascinating <laughs> he human is, being. No doubt, Todd Fritz is. He really is, and he's, he's more fascinating. That that is absolutely not an act. What you see with him, he, right? He is just a fascinating human being. He, a few times I've driven to work with him, and his <laughs> iPod or whatever on shuffle is just brilliant because it'll go right from. Paul and Oates to Run DMC to uh, Air Supply to Cool Mo D to like, you know, <laughs> Notorious B.I.G. And then back, it is all over the map, uh, which is kind of Todd. You know, he's kind of all over the place. He's got a, a million different interests. But yeah, there, there's a lot going on in that brain. <laughs> when, when we begin, when you guys begin to tell in studio stories, I, I think if I can go back and watch one that that just drew me in, because I think it still just kind of stands alone is Ron Burgundy. His his time from from outside, you know, standing across the street. Um, that whole deal was was that as crazy in real time on in studio as it was to watch it. Yeah, I mean, right from you know, we we get this. Or Dan, I don't remember if Dan got the message or, or who it was. It must have been Dan, but saying, hey, and it's Will Farrell saying, hey, I want to come in, but I want to spend the whole time as Ron Burgundy. I'm never going to break character. I'm going to be Ron Burgundy the whole time. And we're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. So the day comes and he right from the minute we first see him and he's standing outside of where our old studio was. We were above a bar and across the street there was this abandoned diner called the Milford yeah. Diner. And it's 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 like a classic looking diner. You know, it's a, if you looked up 50s diner, that's exactly what it looks like. And he Ron Burgundy is standing out in front of there with a box of donuts and a 40. 
(laughs) We're like, all right, we're in for a wild ride for sure. And then throughout the course of the day, a crowd just, you know, he was there for, I don't know, an hour and a half, maybe, maybe longer. I'm not really sure. But this crowd just started gathering and gathering. And then all of a sudden we got like a dozen pizzas delivered from uh, a a pizza shop up the street that had largely ignored us. They had never (laughs) sent pizzas to us in them all the years that we had been there. All of a sudden we got all these pizzas delivered and they're like, hey, we want to make sure that uh, you're not hungry, Mr. Burgundy. And uh, yeah, we had to call the the town police uh, to get them to come in and, and get him to his car safely and right um in true ron burgundy fashion he he made the most of that moment too and uh it was it was pretty surreal well it seems that nothing is off limits um you know from jj watt i mean your your pie to the side of the head um <laughs> that looks is... like it hurt by the way seaton there's a little bit of pop behind that wasn't yeah there? yeah where i was like dang he must man i must have ripped him on the show or something because he put a little <laughs> extra in there or he, i mean he's just jj watt and he's got these massive arms and he's that strong but I'm, I'm very thankful i turned my head at the last second or my nose would have been smashed for sure <laughs> but when you guys come up with ideas um is Dan involved with the brainstorming, or do you guys brainstorm and then go to Dan with, like, Wheel of Punishment stuff or things like that? How, what's the genesis? You know, it's it's a little bit of everything. I mean, um, you know, we all try to come with ideas every day, and, you know, some of us are more in the moment. Like, I think one of Paul's great um, – features is is live in the moment you know when he's sort of in the chair and he's got a great uh nose for news he's got a great idea of like right now where to go in this very moment um you know todd is a great sort of long-term planner where he's looking a week or two out for who the best guest opportunity is so you know when you sort of mix all of that together ultimately dan has the final say on what we're going to do um but yeah that's you know we're all sort of we all have this juvenile quality to us that uh, where things like the wheel of punishment come from or, you know, the shower of shame or just the, you know, flinch ball, <laughs> all of these goofy things that we're doing. Some of them just pop up in the moment and some of them, you know, are, are brought throughout the course of the week. But everybody's contributing, including Dan, for sure. How were you feeling moments before you punched Jeremy Roenick in the face? Um, <laughs> nervous? Were you nervous? Yeah. Scared? That's actually one of the probably the most embarrassing moments I have on the show. I feel I actually feel terrible about that because even though he wanted me to do it, um, the more time that had gone on in that day after I had punched him in the face, I was like, I can't believe I just punched Jeremy Roenick in the face. Like, it wasn't. It didn't feel cool for some reason anymore. It felt like, man, that guy's a legend. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Even though he asked for it and he wanted it, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, like give me it or whatever." And I'm like, uh, "Dude, I, I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> now you haven't been on the receiving end of the of the throws of of uh, of quarterbacks, right? I mean, that's always McLovin on the receive. Has it always been McLovin on the receiving end? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it it always. I mean, I've. I've caught passes. Uh, this is another one of those surreal things growing up a Dan Reno fan. Like, he's thrown the ball, and I've caught it, and it's been awesome, and it's been great. And I'm like, dude can, dude, can you sign this and take it home? But he is the one who does the bit, though, that where they're just firing as hard as they can at him, and he's trying to catch them. And that is very much his bit, and he would be so mad if anybody else jumped in and got in on that bit. <laughs> That's his and his alone, for sure. So what is... Um, th- are, are there bad ideas, Seton? I mean, you've had a couple, I'm sure, at some at some point that you guys have tried to execute 
And afterwards you go, okay, other than the punch in the face. But afterwards you guys look at it and go, okay, that didn't play the way we thought it was going to play. Oh, man. You know, that's interesting because there's sort of um, – I think over over time um, I've kind of taken this like uh, approach of – there are no good ideas or bad ideas. There's just ideas yeah. um, <laughs> because, right. you know, there's I'm just going through this sort of uh, like list of things that I've done that have been really stupid, like hanging out the window when Ryan uh, Leaf is, is trying to throw a ball across the New York City street up <laughs> yes. to the fifth story or whatever of that building. And I'm hanging out the window trying to catch it. And my mom calls and she's like, what are you doing? You could have died. <laughs> um, or, you know, you're going to get Dan his coffee with your underwear outside of your pants. Like that wasn't a great idea. There was no reason <laughs> to do that. Um, but we did it and it happened and it'll live on forever on the Internet now, you know. So, yeah, there, I, that's my approach. And I think that's what gets me through the day sometimes is. Uh, there are no. There's just ideas. They're not good or bad. They're just ideas. Yeah, and that uh, your your group that has that has worked together. I said this uh, as well to Fritzy. Um, you, you're all quite different, um, th- and yet the the chemistry, the cooperative of the group is uh, it it's it's take on its own, its own world. You know, I mean, yeah, just the idea, Seaton. If we take you back to the idea of having four producers but they're going to be on air and Dan's talked about this a lot over the course of time uh no I want these guys on the air I mean that's that was a unique proposition oh yeah for sure for sure and it was certainly met with uh resistance at first you know because when we were in the attic one of one of the things that was sort of happening was Dan was like telling jokes you know he's a funny guy and he would have these great punchlines, and then nobody's laughing yeah I mean we're laughing off in the studio but nobody can hear it and it just kind of felt like they were falling flat and um, even though they were great lines and I'm sure people were laughing in their in their cars and stuff like that, but it just felt like there needed to be some more interaction. And uh, and Dan, you know, proposed it. And originally management was like, there's no way uh, I'm letting those guys on the air. Uh, I remember the, the one criticism for me specifically was he says, dude. And uh, that was the reason I wasn't allowed on the air. But uh, luckily, Dan, you know, got got his way. And uh, yeah, that. You know, we were able to add Andrew at that point too, uh, who, who you know, McLovin, who's been great. Uh, he's such a natural on air and, and such a funny guy and, and really intelligent. So, yeah, you know, they're all it's it's a team sport in there, you know, and uh, we all play different positions and roles, but uh, it comes together for hopefully some wins. Well, and it's and it's really interesting, and I've, I've said this to anybody that has asked over the course of time since I had opportunities to fill in and the, the days that I came out to do the show um, in the studio. I had not met you guys other than at the, the Brewer thing, which was two years earlier, and uh, it's, it's the walking into the group that I see on TV and that our listeners have seen on TV and heard on the radio. You're walking into that group and nothing is different. It was really a comfortable setting. And you guys um, do a fantastic job of, of mixing real and professional and it's all the same. Wow, that's awesome. That's really great to hear. Uh, and I appreciate that. And, it, you know, I know sometimes it can be a tough room. You know, and I'm I'm always curious what it's like for people to come in for the first time and, and, you know, how we treat them. And, you know, are we different? Are we too quiet? Are we rude? Are we nice? Are we whatever? You know, so, um, yeah, the the dynamic in the room is is certainly interesting. And uh, we see that play out when new employees join the show. Right. 
Um, I remember when uh, Two A Days, who he's no longer with the show, he's since moved on, but his first day, he was, he's just this kid, you know, he's like 23 years old, and he, he's just out of school. And um, we're like, all right, buddy, come on in here, man. Yeah, you're going to use it. So, hey, we need you to go sit at Dan's desk, and uh, we need to test out these cameras. And so he sits at Dan's desk and uh, unbeknownst to two days, we had set this whole thing up where Dan was going to come in and be like, what the hell is he doing at my desk? <laughs> and Dan just unloads on him where there's curse words. And he's like, Paul, he, he's actually not talking to two days. He's talking about two days right in front of him to Paul. Where he's like, what is this guy doing here at my desk? What is going, you know, and he just absolutely, and you, the kid, he's just a deer in the headlights looking like, oh my God, what, where am I working? And then we all just busted up and, you you know that was sort of his initiation oh, and it, <laughs> even even when i was out there he picked me up from the hotel and yeah. and, and he i mean he really is just a kid at the yeah. you know i don't know how many years that's five years ago six years ago but it, at that point he he's just a kid yeah i mean probably the youngest guy that was uh, in the building yeah yeah so. yeah yeah yeah, it's well, a tough crowd, but uh, but welcoming. At that's times. a blast. Uh, hey, Seton, thanks for doing this. We, we, it's always great to be able to catch up and appreciate you taking time to be with us. And um, we love what you guys do and, and hope uh, it lasts forever. I know it won't, but uh, we enjoy it and appreciate you spending some time with us. Yeah, well, very much appreciate you guys asking. And uh, hopefully we can get out your way again soon when uh, things things get back to normal. We'll hit a couple shows, maybe a couple games, and and have a night. That'd be fantastic. Uh, Seton, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Seton O'Connor from the Dan Patrick Show spending a little time with us. Um, We've got uh, two hours in the books, one more yet to go on this Thursday evening. Good stuff with uh, talking about the Dan Patrick Show and all their stories. My goodness, they got stories to tell. So who do we get Um, next? Paulie, uh, McLove? I mean, we've got to keep this going. Yeah. um, I think Dan. Okay. I think we get Dan for uh, 30 minutes. Meh. Just like we just know, got seen. Sure. Same concept. Just an email and dance. Yeah, we can do that. Or we could, or we could, you know, we'd get McLovin. <laughs> Not I, that that's a bad thing. No, I think I would love to keep this going. I love these stories. Yeah, man. this well, is the we'll best. keep working at it. Um, all right, we're going to spend uh, a little time at the 5 o'clock hour. I want to talk uh, with Kevin Abercrombie, who's uh, owner of Lone Girl. They got something going on that is tied in to Badger Honor Flight. I'll explain. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is the Mike Heller Show. On Fox Sports 1070, the game and the iHeartRadio app. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus